experience this room, obviously, we've got a lot of, everyone here is doing the same thing. You know, what, what, what Matt's going through right now, exactly what Matt just went through and is, is still working on, exactly what Justin's doing, exactly what Daniel did, Julio did and is doing. And he's still working on. Still working on. Like, it, there's, <laughs> we want this group to be able to reach out to each other and say, hey, what are you doing in this case? Or how is this working for you? Um, you know, we, we want that kind of communication to happen regularly because there's no sense in trying to reinvent the wheel. Kind of like, hey, I'm in a different situation. I, you know, I'm, no one else is dealing with this. You know, just like the follow-up emails. Hey, I'm trying to struggle with what to do with a follow-up email. Oh, hey, you know, I have this example. I have that example. You know, I didn't really thought about sending a follow-up email. Okay, well, there you go. That's a simple thing that we could easily use or, you know, hey, I've been trying to get this guy to call me back. Maybe I need to try doing that. So the more of that kind of discussions and, and things that takes place, the, the faster everyone in this room is, is going to develop and grow and, and be successful and sell and do whatever else. And that's, that's what we've got to do. You know, we talked about a lot of the the twenty thirty plan as a company. It all starts right here. That doesn't happen without this room right here. The buildings go in and sell dynamic. They don't exist unless we identify. And we'll be selling them. Yep. Yeah, and to that point, that's you know when you when you talk about you know a lot of the things that we discuss in terms of contractor of the year, the ACE awards, you know the, the one thing that you know we were talking about in that room yesterday that you know you can't really take maintenance based growth and have that as a target. That's something that is developed here. That's you know you can't take that as an aside. Well, this is what I'm going to do to increase the maintenance base. What we just talked about in here is all part of how that maintenance-based growth is going to occur. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's, um, you know, you know, pipeline management, uh, opportunity identification, getting in front of, you know, when you look at the whole phase, four phases, you know, selling the G, all of that is critical. And I think it's important for us to break down those pieces right now and, and look at it in a way where all those components make a little bit more sense as you're trying to drive, you know, where you're going. So that's yeah, all the more reason why we're doing what we're doing. The cool thing is when you start really having those business case discussions, that's when the shit gets fun, mm -hmm. right? That's when we're having high-level conversations, we're helping fix problems, we're kind of learning as we go. I mean, the best way to learn on something is actually have a conversation that doesn't go very well. <laughs> Be like, well, that sucks. That didn't happen very good, so we kind of fail forward. With it, but that's that's where everyone's every job is different. You know, every opportunity is different. Every prospect is different. Every person is a little different way to make decisions and why they're going to make decisions. You know, the fun part about our job is figuring that out, and then be always on these plants and figure out, hey, how do I put, how do I build that case from this facility because of this cool production that they're doing, or you know, these kind of unique systems they have in place, whatever, and and putting all that together is is really where the enjoyment comes from because it's it's different, right? It's it's not we're not like just trying to figure out how to 
sell more pillows, mm-hmm. you know, to a hotel. And hopefully that changes your mindset as you walk in an opportunity for the first time. You're thinking about that differently than this is just, hey, I finally got an appointment, I'm going in, I'll see what I can find out. If that's all you're going in there with the intention of doing, see what I can find out, and not trying to get the components on the business case, then you're, it's a fail going in there because you're not thinking in that that way. And open your mind, you know, to what you're going to be walking in there to do, what you want to accomplish ultimately. You know, what's your goal? You know, think about those kinds of things. Know that this is just part of it that helps you to get that mindset right. So good stuff. And, and Matt, then we're looking at the, you know, the haystack of a southern facing house with the three years or newer roof. Right. Somebody's going to be in their house for seven years and longer. I mean, you know, no more having to sift through all that crap. None. None. <laughs> it's done. No, uh, a couple of key takeaways that I found this to be very helpful with is uh, when they try to push you off to the facilities guy in the first concept meeting within the first five minutes because they realize you're about HVAC. I can stop that and say, whoa, 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 that, that, that'll come. But we have to first have a business conversation about how this impacts your business and really be able to slow that down. So, yeah, I might have to follow him around the facility. And yeah, I might have to work with him at some point, maybe the next meeting or maybe later on. But slow that handoff down and then be able to come back because I've had a real business conversation with the person that I've called on. I think that's, for me... I've run into that where within the first five minutes, oh, you're HVAC, I got you. Yeah, you need to talk to Johnny over here. And yeah. okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. great. He yeah. can he can hire me, you know. But that's not. Uh, and it also I mentioned this last night, and I, I know we're getting short on time. But one thing I've really struggled with recently is when you walk into a place and you start uncovering pain, and they have projects that need to happen. And uh, the ability to, um, knowing that I'm there to sell maintenance and I, I really all I want to sell is maintenance, that's the core of what I want to sell, but they have a major problem with the project um, to be able to, um, I'm still learning this, but I've learned some techniques today from people that have done it and not just you know theories out of a book. Uh, but hear, hear people say, hey, um, I'll bring my project guy to the table and he'll help you with that. But let's put that over here and let's keep talking about the bigger picture, which is maintenance on, on the whole building. Cause that's, that's really how you got in this problem to begin with. Yeah. Equipment, life expectancy, that's right. all those things that I learned from y'all's experience. I really appreciate. Yeah. Making things operate the way they were intended to operate to begin with before you start spending rogue money mm-hmm. is is a statement that I've used and has, has won me a lot of business. Rogue money, is that what you said? Rogue okay. money. Um, because many times I've gone in to the same situation. Well, we gotta do this, we gotta, we, we, we gotta add some air over here. Mm-hmm. Correct. Why? Well, it's just uncomfortable. Did it always, was it always uncomfortable? No. It should give you a pause, right? The unit's still the unit. It's still it's still the same tonnage that it was when you put it in, right? Most of the time, whenever you go and you do a quality service, a lot of the problems go away. Many of them don't, but lots of times a lot of problems go away. 
and then you're able to reevaluate. And, and, and that just gives you so much credibility and it slows the process down for everybody. And lots of times that forces out, they don't, now they don't trust the people that they were, that were in there. And they never will again because they were getting ready to write a check for something that they absolutely had no business writing mm-hmm. a check for. And to be able to tell them, hey, CFO, CEO, uh, no problem. We'll, we'll deal with that and I'm gonna let our project guy work with your facilities guy to make that happen. And let's keep this conversation going. And then, you know, to be able to follow back up the whole time with the main guy yeah. is crucial. Well, in their mind is, I've got to replace that piece of equipment. Right. Because that's what they've been told by the incumbent. Uh-huh. Through your evaluation and discovery, you may find out that those economizers mm-hmm. aren't operating. So you're trying to condition 80, 80 90, 100 degree air in the summertime, which that's your problem. Now, granted, replace that unit, we'll fix that problem, right? However, if we can get that unit operating properly, that also will fix that problem without having to now spend that $40,000. So now what you can do is you can add that $40,000 into your financial analysis is, you know what, when we look at this, if we can avoid you from having to spend $40,000 in that capital project, which is what you thought I was here to talk about, replacing this unit and we're able to continue things assume that risk moving forward does that does that make sense so now you turned it's a five dollar economizer fix instead of a fifty thousand dollar equipment ad that's right but when you get in there you say oh great let me go look at replacing this unit or or whatever else Mm -hmm. you maybe shoot yourself in the foot because that may be the whole don't solve their problem. That may, yeah, that that's that's the pro, that's the pain that could get things moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and we we've got to look at as we're the consultant, we're the we're the ones that are having those conversations. We're not project sales guys. You know, we're not we're not going in there to go fix this problem or fix that problem or identify this and you know, whatever else. We're there building a story, building a case, and then when and if needed, we're bringing in those resources of the experts to be able to help with that to support our direction, our initiative, or what we're trying to do. Yes, that's very, that's the, to me, that's very exciting. (laughs) That sounds cheesy, but it it is because from three months ago, two months ago, or or recently, when that project person gets brought to the table, a lot of times that person would, would end up, because of me not knowing any better and not taking charge of the situation, that person would a lot of times become the ruler of the meeting and it was like all the focus went on the project, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the way it should be after what yeah. I've learned today and yesterday. It's that person gets brought to the table Handed off, you know, introduced to the CEO possibly, and, and and heard the problem, but then he'll deal with the your facilities guy. Now let's keep going yeah. and keep the focus on the big picture, like you said. You got, and we all have to understand, project, good project guys don't sell maintenance. Right. right. We're different people. We're wired differently. We're structured differently. We 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 think things think we think things differently. Um, if we're relying on our project guys to come in and help us sell maintenance, 
<laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. They're really more engineers, problem solvers than salespeople. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And until that deal is done, you're the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Any other takeaways from you guys? I just think, you know, like, obviously, guys, I'm probably the new, I am the newest guy here, but the, uh, the main takeaway I had is, you know, how important surveys are, right? You, you, the better of a surveyor you are, the more accurate you're going to be with your proposals. The more the clients are going to see that, the better you are at putting together proposals, probably the higher close ratios you're going to have, right? So I think, I think for me, the focus is going to be on, yes, mastering one and two, in the sales cycle, but also becoming an expert surveyor and really knowing how to do it so I can get those higher close ratios. Well, definitely the surveys where we can can attach a lot of the current conditions to our story, to the the savings, to the solving the issues, to being the, the, when this is all done, those problems are going to go away. Exactly. But they, they help you build your business case. And but build, but, but dirt, dirty pictures, but just know that dirty pictures don't sell agreements. I've heard you say that before. They don't. Dirty pictures don't sell agreements. The story sells agreements. Just know that. Dirty pictures don't sell agreements. And dirty pictures have, have to support. I've had a million dirty pictures and not gotten a damn thing for it. But when you, when you can tie what you heard in the first call to your survey and then translate that through your hieroglyphic through hieroglyphics in your in, in, in your in your meeting then in, in your in your sales meeting then you then you can sell agreements but you have to be able to tie what they said you can't tie yeah. what you think if you go in there and go this is what happens and he goes I didn't say that I didn't make shit beating the difference right. to me. I don't care. It's not my deal. Yeah. Right? And that's what happens. Uh, a bunch of dirty pictures, great. I'm going to get somebody fix that, man. Thanks. Uh, whatever. Go get them off. It's right. And, that, and that's what happens. And you leave out of there dejected. I did a question survey. Yeah. But you didn't tell a great story. It, and, and an indicator of that is obviously they're going to get emotional when they kind of see this stuff because. And their mind is like, well, geez, I thought this stuff was kind of being taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're like, hey, can I get a copy of that? Can I get a copy of that picture? That's kind of a red flag. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be the one there. It's like, oh, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing, pointing pictures, pointing fingers of like, oh, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Because then their natural behavior is, okay, I'm paying for this. I'm going to present this picture to them because they need to come in here and fix this. Right, but like Kent, but, but Kent did a great job of outlining. If you heard of, you've got humidity issues. Well, your exhaust fan is running well, or not running at all, and you're bringing all this outdoor air. Or your exhaust fan's running really well, and you're not bringing in conditioned outdoor air. So you're sucking it all through the doors. You're tying that. You're telling the story. The guy's like, now I got humidity issues. Well, then he found the answer. Right, so he now he's able to tell the story of here's your humidity issues that you didn't have three years ago that you have now. Here's why. Oh shit! So now he's a hero. He didn't just go in there and show all these things. He he heard what the guy had to say <laughs> and then went and found it. So he was like, you know, 
so the, the, the detective on the on the scene trying to find what the guy talked about in the first call. Smoking gun. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because it's almost like you know we're we're the problem finders, but we, we're also like when in telling your story, you got to be able to find the solution and explain that solution to them, right? Because yeah. it makes us sound more knowledgeable. Yeah, and, and and also that's where kind of the uncovery stages are in the on the concept. I mean, the qualifier is you're finding out you know what impacts your equipment has on their business, and if a unit goes down, if that causes fifty thousand dollars, and you can get a picture of how one part can make that unit go down, and nothing's being done to prevent that from actually occurring, then you're you're putting all the pieces together of, wow. So you mean to tell me that, you know, that dirty, nasty, rusty motor, when it fails, I can't perform this process over here. Yes. And you, from asking those questions at the beginning to being in tune with your survey, hey, this is that critical unit. I need to find a story of what can bring this unit down and be able to connect those dots in that verification meeting is, you know, we're essentially looking at implementing a program that's going to prevent these potential episodes from occurring. And they may or may not have happened before. They say, you know what? No, that's never happened before. Okay, but if it goes down, what, what's, what's ramification? What's going to happen? You know, we can get pictures of literally, um, you know, Economizers, drives, belts, coils, filters. That hey, you know what? That filter can cause that unit to freeze up, and that's going to affect that. Also, key takeaways to tie it into the pressurization and making that a big deal of the whole building. I think that's a that's a key takeaway for me too, because you know, not just talking about the economizer filter being dirty, but impacting the whole I mean that's that is truly building performance right mm-hmm. that's talking to what we're saying on our business cards building performance specialists that's that tying it in and making a bigger deal in, in the whole story about well how does that dirty coil dirty filter dirty whatever relate to the overall pressurization of the building and it goes back to prospecting right stage one prospecting if we don't prospect good places where air conditioning is important to their business, we can have this discussion that means nothing. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, if you looked at the diagram of the sales process or sales cycle, we're not going chronologically through that right now. If you understand this part of it, when you back up to the beginning, mm-hmm. it's going to make a heck of a yeah. lot more sense. If we're having these kind of discussions, it's somebody that's just like, yeah, it doesn't really, we don't really have, you know, then you're like, okay, this probably was a bad prospect to begin with. Right, yeah. You know, and at that point, it's a different discussion, right? It's, it's you know, it may be the, just the aggravation, maybe the pain, maybe, you know, Sue that's constantly pissed off and is in my office all the time because her you know, water was dripped for a ceiling. You know, whatever. So what do you do when they want the photos? Because 95% of my verification meetings, they want my photos you said that's a red flag or a bad sign what are you saying or what are you doing differently to get them to not why why, do the why do you want these yeah what What are you going to do with them uh yeah so if 90 percent of the time if they're wanting the pictures that scenario is happening because of something that you're saying or doing 
Yeah, yeah. You always got to think of like somebody's reaction is going to be based on what I said or how I said it or why I said it. You know right. what I mean? So that's kind of the effect. So now you go back and say, okay, well, how am I presenting them? Am I presenting them in a manner manner of where I'm pointing fingers? Of they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. This isn't taking, this isn't happening, or whatever else. To where now they're maybe a little bit on the defense mode of like, you know what? No, I need those pictures to show my current county because they need to come in here and fix that. That never wins for us. But there's a fine line there because we got to be able to show that they need to make a change from what they're currently doing. But what we've got to do is we've got to talk about how that condition of their equipment is impacting their building. Mm. And it may be that their initial thing was, hey, we need to replace this unit. You know, our first step is to get all these conditions, these current conditions, rectified. We need to get those systems operating the way they're designed to operate. We need to make sure we're, get, we're introducing the proper amount of fresh air based on the system design and, and outdoor temperatures, whatever. We got to make sure that those units are providing the proper amount of airflow. We got to make sure we have the proper amount of dehumidification based on clean coils, clean filters. And once we get in that condition, if some of these issues still exist, we then now know at least we've got a good rhythm in our heart. As far as now, maybe some other issues. So the change I was talking about, that like you're not talking about how they need to make a change from their current supplier, their current company. You're just talking about how these photos you found are impacting the the the, the whole. Yeah, I mean, we are business. talking about them making a change for for who they're using. We just don't want to be those that bring these issues to their attention so they can have their current provider come in and correct these pictures. So you just tell them no and they say, send me the pictures? Or like, what's your, how do you? Yeah, I mean, I want to know what's the intent. Now, I'll be very clear. It's not my intent to come in here and explain to you what your current provider's not doing, because I don't know what they're trying to do. What I'm here to tell you is how our systematic approach to care as equipment is ultimately going to impact your building for the, for the, for the positive. That's a good way to say it. And we have the tools and the systems in place to make sure that these things are done because that's what we do. I think there's multiple reasons why people would want to make that change to us. The two most common would be they want different outcomes or they want to manage the risk volatility. The pictures we're talking about are going to help with the first one, different outcomes. The reason you thought you needed a new unit, the reason it's too humid is these pictures are showing that. This is the cause of that. This is how we will rectify that. Yeah. Another, so different outcome based on these pictures showing how we're going to get that. Another thing could be that the guys are one of the pictures, you could put the wrong guys. Or easy fun. You know, maintenance guys may want the pictures because they want to take that back. Or, you know, oh, I want to go show my boss the condition of this stuff. Or sometimes. You know what I mean? And after you're going to find oh, hey, I need to show so-and-so this stuff. Well, who's so-and-so? Who's that? Because maybe I want to be involved with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy to share you the pictures, but... Yeah, I can come back tomorrow if that person's available. We can sit down and I just kind of do a summarized discussion of what we had today with these with these pictures and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But if it's the business leader guy, you got to be cautious on that too because sometimes he'll want to bust the balls of his maintenance manager. Mm-hmm. Well, the so other thing so is you got to be careful of that too because you don't you, you need to make sure you outline it like Kent said. Of I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here, but that's where the that's sometimes if you got a real like a better term ball busting boss guy that you're dealing with he's gonna he's gonna really go after his mate you know, if uh, tying something back in what Kent and Garson both said if you're going into the concept meeting you feel like you just 
bond on the concept thing. You really haven't uncovered the pain. And now you're going into a survey. I don't know why you'd be going to survey if you don't uncover some pain. But if you think, well, maybe I can find something on the survey to sell this agreement, that's the, that's the wrong path or direction to go. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, sometimes, yes, you can. Something that the person may not have been aware of. But, you know, part of that whole idea about the concept meeting is to try to find the pain, understand. What's important to them. Yes. And then tie that in. Okay, I need to support that yeah. solution by finding this. But if it's just going in and I, I can probably sell this because look at all this stuff I found. Then that's, that, that's not, going back to what Garson said, you can't sell, you know, based on what those pictures show. It's got to be tied in one to the other. And so that's... That's the importance of making sure that, and if you didn't really find much during the concept meeting, you gotta you gotta go back to the quality. Did they really qualify? Is there something I really need to be in front of, or how could I have asked more questions to get to, you know, the real pain, you know, in this person or this company or this yeah. building, what they're having. So that's all those things you need to be aware of and trying to figure out how you can improve what your approach is. But if you've got, you know, the right guy, the person who makes a decision, and there's enough risk there of like, you know what, if this happens, this is what takes place. And you know that, hey, you know what? Okay. There is been a, there is gonna be a an a, an impact if something happens to that equipment in this area what and whatever else. And if you do it's like, you know what, I'm, I would like to look at this because I don't know that we're really doing a whole lot to prevent that from happening. Then you can go through and you can, you can create a picture that may not be a dirty picture, but it's a picture where he's assuming a lot of risk. And a lot of people are willing to invest more money to mitigate risk. And that could be like, hey, in this, in this scenario, these are things that can contribute to that from that event taking place. It hasn't taken place yet. But if you're not doing anything to prevent it from happening, this is what's going to happen. This is how it can do it. And then it's that kind of state picture. We're painting a picture of what it could be and what eventually can happen and will happen. It may, may, may not be there right now. But if you get the right guy and he's willing to listen and he's the right guy that can make a decision, you know, it, it would be worth having that conversation of. You know, here's the things we can do to, to really put you in a better better place. I think you think too, like with the like like the Charles point, like let's say you blow up the concept meeting. The survey could almost be like a second opportunity to re-expose some of the issues to that business owner. And you can you can kind of front load forward it and say, hey, I might not uncover everything in this meeting, but the point of this survey is to really find out and take a deeper look at what you got going on, what some of your systems are doing, and we can kind of show you or predict some of the problems that you might have, right? It, it can, but you still got to uncover enough things in the beginning to figure out, you know, an a example of that would be is what's their sense of urgency? And what are they aware of? Yeah. Because what's, what they're aware of is what's important. I mean, they, they may have a problem that we can uncover to them, but unless they're, it's really an issue or a problem in their mind, yeah, I can see where we can improve that right now, but that's not really not my issue right now. You know, my issue is i got to focus on something else. You know what I mean? And so that's where 
during that qualifier. Not to say it's not a good opportunity. You know, if it's a if it's a right kind of place, it's a good opportunity. It may not be right now. So then you keep that door open. You come back three months from now, six months from now. Well, maybe they've gone through some of these pains and some of these issues, and now it's actually they're aware and say, you know what? Yes, that has happened since we last talked. So, it, if we're relying on the survey to create a sense of urgency and a pain in a story. It's our story. It's our pain. It's not theirs. Nine times out of ten, that's not going to go anywhere. No, and we've had maintenance sales guys that they just want to do a survey because they're confident in their survey that they're going to uncover pains and problems and ways we can help, and that doesn't work. They do the first two. What they what it may do is then they're calling their current provider and say, "Listen, you come in here and fix this stuff." I had somebody else come in to look at it, and this is what they showed me. You need to fix it. Because yeah, if they, if they really like to come in there to use, and there's a good relationship there, and, and they've used them for a long time, and they're happy with them, they're not going to make a change just to make a change. There still has to be a reason for them to make a change. And if they're not willing to make a change up front, no matter what we say or do, you know, they're probably going to make a change. It's a good session. I thought it was well-tailored to... Um, the audience, which is so diverse in terms of experience, a good job of that. As uh, just just a little quick survey, I know Carson's ready to go. I just gotta go pee. Go pee, man. Okay. I'm just curious um, <laughs> because I've done both ways. Uh, who's using the electronic DocuSign contract feature, and who's doing paper contracts? I will use, I will use both. It depends on the prospects. If I think that they can, they have the have a lot tech savvy to go through it, I'll send it to them, but I'm talking to someone who's 68, 70 years old. Right. I'm going to give him a paper. That's good. You can also email him. You know, just yeah. get, get, get page two back to me. Email him. I'm just saying, you can, I can tell. I'll just get page two and get it back to me. I haven't had the best success on sending it over a proposal builder with DocuSign and going through the the... You know, I sign it first, yeah. and the customer signs it, and the GM signs it, whatever else. A lot of times, those emails get stuck in their spam. They're not getting it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, like, waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, yeah. Checking your email every five yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I got things. <laughs> so, so I will, um, I've, I've got a new setup of, of Adobe. So, I may, it will actually copy, paste a signature in there, whatever else, and I can send it over. And um, and then have them, you know, sign it and then send it back. So so let me get this straight. You're using a PDF. You're sending them the PDF, yeah. not, and they print it out or they, and they sign it like old school and scan it back to you. That's right. Awesome. Or I go pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. I just am trying. I, I learned in a in a link um, training about our DocuSign feature that that I didn't learn until like two weeks ago that. I thought it was not working right, but I had to sign it first. You're and, the first signer. Right, but I didn't, I didn't realize that. And, and, if you don't go through and accept it, then you're not to, getting the notification saying, hey, right. it's ready for your approval. I have to it's sign not, it first. Not even get to it. Right. And so that's, I was having to do paper, but I had a guy request it, and I was like, oh, well, just do it old school, you know, print it off, scan it back to me, and, and it worked. But uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, I, just, I mean, I know it's a, it's a good feature, whatever else, but ultimately the best time, if you can be in front of them and sign it, better off you are. If they say, hey, you know, send it over to me and I'll get it, get it approved or whatever, then I'll send it over to them and say, hey, you know what, actually, when you buy kind of stuff, I have to up. Right. Okay, no, I'll just send it right back to you then. Okay. Great. Watch this. It just clicked. You live here. Oh, yeah. That's why you want to keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting adjourned. Good All right, questions. so real quick, those two guys here, one needs to come back here, one needs to come back here, and two green chairs come out here.